Season 2 of Cyber 24 is presented by our friends at Valcom. Valcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and services provider with drive for getting IT right. From ironclad security to computing and beyond, Valcom's 35-plus years means they have the experience and expertise to help your business from desktop to data center. At Valcom, you get much more than a dedicated IT retailer. They become an extension of your IT team. Whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and engineering expertise to make your business more effective and more productive. To learn more about Valcom's end-to-end -end solutions, the technology vendors they partner with, and to sign up for upcoming events, visit their website at vlcmtech.com. That's vlcmtech.com. Cyber 24 is supported by the Utah Department of Public Safety, as well as the Utah Department of Technology Services and the Utah Attorney General's Office. In addition, the University of Utah's Chem C. Gardner Policy Institute is where we record this podcast each week. At the Chem C. Gardner Policy Institute, they're dedicated to helping Utah make informed decisions. We're also proud to have the support of Secuvant, a Utah-based company providing business-enabled cyber risk and management. Every week on this program, these great partners will provide expertise and insight to help business and civic leaders better understand the challenge of cybersecurity and how to keep your organization safe. We appreciate your support. All right, and welcome into the Cyber 24 podcast. I'm your host, Marty Carpenter. Uh, our, as always, this podcast presented by our friends at Valcom. And so is today's guest, as a matter of fact. Dan Schuyler is, a cybersecurity, is the cybersecurity architect at Valcom. Uh, and as I mentioned, always great to mention the presenting partner of our podcast. Thanks so much for being here, Dan. Marty, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, this has become a very popular podcast, and the following is growing, so I'm I'm uh, privileged to be on your show, and uh, you made my title sound so <laughs> official, uh, but I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> well, the pleasure's all ours, and especially <laughs> if you get a chance to come on the show and say, uh, you know, long-time listener, first-time guest. That's <laughs> We'll take that for sure. Thank you. So you're, you mentioned the title, and I mentioned your title, Cybersecurity Architect. As I, as I heard that, the title architect seems to express a level of sophistication in one's work, meaning it takes careful planning and, and thought. Architects build complex buildings. They don't just slap some, some brick and mortar together and make something. So that, that leads us into what I want to talk about today. Today's topic, there is no cybersecurity silver bullet. So let's start first with your job. What does a cybersecurity architect do? What does that mean? So in a nutshell, what I do or what Valcom does are, are cybersecurity solutions. We work with companies. We evaluate their current IT infrastructure and their current security posture. Um, we do that a variety of ways. We do it through risk and security assessments. And then we tease out where there are vulnerabilities and gaps. And based on those gaps and vulnerabilities, we design solutions to fill those gaps, whether those are helping them develop policies and procedures or implementing a piece of hardware or software or a combination of all three, that's basically what I do at Valcom is, is work with those companies, evaluate their security posture, and then help them fill gaps and vulnerabilities by developing a solution to do that. Yeah. How has that job changed over the last year, the last five years? Did it exist 10 years ago? I mean, how has it evolved? So I think it has evolved. I think uh, 
companies used to sort of take a shotgun approach to security. Um, they would find a, a void based on a breach or an incident, and they would fill that void. Now it's become a more holistic approach where they realize now that they need to evaluate their security posture from end to end, if you will, and identify where all of the vulnerabilities are, where all of the gaps and risks are, and then develop a solution to fill those gaps. So I think it's become a more mature process over the, uh, over the years, and it's sort of followed along with the type of attacks as well. The, the attacks used to be very sophisticated and focused on one area, and now the attacks are coming from a multitude of different areas. And so that's why I think uh, companies are looking at the holistic view of cybersecurity. Yeah. If a business has already uh, engaged your services, asked f or enlisted your expertise, um, certainly they've then at least shown that they understand that there is a threat or that they can a, that they need to do something, and B, that they probably need to do it better than they're doing. So that's sort of preamble to saying maybe this the group of businesses you're working with uh, are, are not terribly representative of businesses overall who have not reached out to you. But do you think, generally speaking, from your experience, that most business leaders uh, or even policymakers, you know, government officials in municipalities, counties in the state, um, that they do you think they still look at cybersecurity as being something far more simple than it really is? Um, I don't. I wouldn't use the word uh, simple. I think um, the word I would use is um, it's it's a matured, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, the I think a lot of people, businesses, um, legislatures, uh, community groups, et cetera, et cetera, have realized the importance of developing a robust security posture and are taking a more proactive approach at it uh, now than they were before. There's also other uh, driving factors, if you will. The number of attacks has increased, the, the, t the attack vectors have changed, and there's a lot of um, uh, legislation and regulations that are sort of pushing businesses towards that security goal, if you will. Mm -hmm. Do you find still that business leaders in particular may be it, w it would seem to me that going back five, seven years that they may have said, I have an IT guy, so I've checked that box that I'm secure. I guess the question being, have they sort of evolved in their thinking to say, I I've got resources I'm putting toward this, but I know we always need to do better, and I know that the threat changes. Are they starting to sort of appreciate the complexity of it? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think one of the biggest challenges that businesses are finding is finding the right talent, the right subject matter expertise. There's, yeah. There is a big void uh, in the number of IT professionals who have information and cybersecurity expertise. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that businesses are facing is trying to, trying to recruit and retain that talent right now. I think that's one of the challenges with developing a robust security posture is making sure that you have the right subject matter expertise and talent on board to help you do yeah. that. I think that's that's an interesting point because to some extent, I think, again, going back a number of years, business leaders may have thought of this, a CEO of a company may have thought, I need computers that can perform these functions so that our business can operate and be profitable. That's what my IT guy does. And in fact, their IT guys may do that, but that may be a different, at least a distinct skill set than cybersecurity, than protecting 
Um, is that's sort of where you guys can come in and help under, help them understand that difference and fill in the gaps? Then absolutely, we we work closely with a business's IT staff to do those assessments, fill those gaps, identify those vulnerabilities, and recommend solutions. Yeah. We we can't do it by ourselves. We rely heavily on this on the staff to um, do some of the work, if you will, and provide us guidance on where specific components are, um, how to navigate their network, et cetera, et cetera. We couldn't do it without the IT staff at the, at the individual businesses. Yeah. Um, what's the biggest pain point for most, for most businesses? Is it, uh, I guess, what causes, what makes this such a complex issue? What, what causes the biggest problem? Is it the, the actual employees who just don't know to take it seriously enough? They're not trained well enough. Um, do they not have the right defenses in place? What do you see as like, if you could it, it, generally, you know, it's painting with a broad brush, but if you could go in and say, man, if businesses could get this one thing right, my job would be that much easier. So I, th- I don't think it's just one thing. Uh, well, I guess you could boil it down to one thing, um, cybersecurity anxiety, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Um, it's become such a ubiquitous and, and term that's in the news every day. We had the breach with Facebook last week. Yeah. Um, so I think businesses are f- are facing that anxiety. They're facing a lack of talent. They're facing a lack of direction of where do we start? Where do we start to evaluate our cybersecurity posture? What is the best approach and method to evaluate that posture and increase our overall security posture? And I think that's where we can come in and help an organization. Yeah. Once a business has recognized that they probably can do better or feel that they need to do better, are they still... How surprised are they to see just how much room there is for improvement? Or do, do most of them think, "Wow, I know I'm really bad at this, and I've got to get much better"? Is it is it a shock to them usually to be like to, to realize how far they've got to go or wh- how vulnerable they may have been operating for a while? Absolutely, we we're doing right now free um, network assessments, internal and external vulnerability assessments, and without a doubt, every time we show the report to the IT staff, they're they're surprised about some of the vulnerabilities that we found. Some of them they're they know they knew about and are yeah. re, are working to remediate them, but some of them they look at that and say, "Wow, we we didn't realize we had that vulnerability. We really appreciate that information." And so, I think, and it's all I think it's about the resources as well. Cyber there's so much involved with with information, data, and cybersecurity that it's tough for an IT staff to make sure that they've covered all of the bases. And that's why it's it's also good to have a fresh pair of eyes come in and do these assessments um, to, to tease out any potential vulnerabilities or risks that you have. Back with more on the Cyber24 podcast presented by Valcom right after this. Dan Schuyler is our guest. With today's ever-evolving digital landscape, every PC decision is a security decision. For world-leading protection, Valcom recommends and partners with HP for their business-class PCs that are built for easy management with cutting-edge security features. Secure your devices, your data, and identity with stronger hardware, self-healing protection, quick and secure restoration, three Intel authentication factors, and privacy screens to protect against visual hacking. With so many PC options on the market, where are you even supposed to begin? Well, for secure business PCs, Valcom, which by the way is a Platinum HP partner, recommends the Elite and Workstation families as a great place to start. Check out vlcmtech.com slash securepc to learn more or request a demo for HP Elite Books and Z Workstations the world's most secure and advanced PCs. Again, that's vlcmtech.com slash secure PC. 
$300 million. That's how much money the cyber breach at FedEx cost the company, all because they were not insured for cyber breach losses. So if you're a business owner of any size, you have to ask yourself, could my business survive a hit like that? I'm guessing the answer is no. The fact is, over half a million small to medium-sized businesses will close their doors as a result of a cyber event. So what should you do to protect your business? Talk to the cyber liability professionals at Hayes Companies. At Hayes Companies, policy placement is only one step in an overall risk management approach to manage your firm's cyber liability exposure. They design a program specifically for you, customized to your business priorities. For more information, contact Dave Whitwer, 801-580-5501. That's 801-580-5501. Or visit HayesCompanies.com. That's H-A-Y-S Companies.com. Secuvant is a leading network security company specializing in creative, customized solutions that meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. They offer a wide range of services, everything from managed security and virtual CISO consulting to cyber risk advisory and data breach recovery assistance. No matter what your specific security requirements are or what your comfort level is with IT in general, Secuvant will map your cybersecurity program to the business areas that are relevant to you. Everything from brand and reputation to legal liability to intellectual property to business disruption and so much more. For more information, call 1-855-SECUVANT or visit secuvant.com. That's S-E-C-U-V-A-N-T.com. All right, back on the Cyber24 podcast presented by Valcom, Dan Schuyler, cybersecurity architect at Valcom is our guest today talking about uh, well, the lack of silver bullets in the cybersecurity world, that there is no cybersecurity silver bullet. Now, when I think about silver bullets uh, in mythology, that ties your brain, and maybe it's October, so we're thinking about uh, uh, you know Halloween-type stuff as well. But silver bullets are known uh, in mythology to kill werewolves. Uh, the, those are creatures that change form at the full moon. But the cybersecurity threats that businesses face today evolve it seems even more frequently than just once a month. How quickly does the threat evolve? Is it changing every couple of days, every couple of minutes? How fast is it changing? So I'll give you an, an example, or I'll give you some data um, to answer that question, and then I'll talk about why there's no silver bullet. Yeah. Um, we're seeing, on average, 400,000 unique uh, attacks every month. And that number goes up and down. So as you that that that's pretty significant. Yeah. And there's there's unique attacks, and then there's modifications to attacks. But in total, there's four hundred thousand new attacks every month. That's so that's pretty significant. So that's the biggest. That's one of the biggest challenges is dealing with the multitude of attacks that are out there. Um, with regards to the silver bullet, the, when you look at cybersecurity from a holistic perspective, uh, a florist has uh, different data security needs than a physician. A bank has different data security needs than an auto mechanic shop. They're, they're, both, they're both important, 
but they're they're very unique, and yeah. so and they both have different budgets as well. And I think that's an important uh, component to talk about. It. the The budgets are important as well. So when you're developing a solution for a specific organization, there's that solution is not going to work for the next organization. So again, the no silver bullet, no one size fits all. And the reason why we encourage organizations and businesses to do a holistic evaluation and also work with a company that can identify solutions that fit within your budget. You don't want to spend $5,000 to save 5 bucks. Right. But you do want to spend you do want to spend $100 to save 99. Right. And so that's an important concept. So you want to build solutions that are not only going to uh, f- fit those vulnerabilities fill in those gaps, but also fit in with a budget that makes sense from an, a return on investment perspective. Yeah. You mentioned a florist and a bank and uh, you know, a healthcare company. Is there one sector of the economy, one type of business that's most vulnerable, whether that's industry-specific or size-specific? Yeah. So industry-specific, I would certainly look at the financial industry and the healthcare industry. But as a whole, the SMB space or small business uh, space is the target because, and you actually talked about this a little bit, there's not a lot of resources there. There's not a lot of budget there. There's not a lot of talent there. And the the hackers, the attackers know that. So they know if, if they have a better chance of attacking and succeeding against a small business than a large org- organization that has um, a, a multitude of, of dollars to throw at an IT problem, whereas a small business has less of those resources and dollars. And so that's why small businesses are on their radar for attack these yeah. days. It's a more sophisticated version of this, but it's the difference between a pickpocket and a bank robber, yes, right? Exactly. There's more money in the bank if you can get in there and get out, but it's much, it's much, harder. much easier to pick somebody's pocket. Exactly. So you, just size and, and the type of resources they have to put against. I think that makes a lot of sense, but I think that's really scary for a small or medium-sized business owner to say, yeah, I, I, it's not one area where I probably want to roll the dice and see if I can get away with it. Though certainly there are probably some who, who do that, but how long do you want to keep pushing those chips to the center of the table is, is, is the question there. Absolutely. So um, what are you seeing by way of businesses and the way they approach cybersecurity? Are they starting to invest more time and money into this? And uh, are they, those? if the answer is yes, those that are doing that, is it because they've already felt the pain or is it because they're learning from others who've felt the pain? Both, absolutely. They've either felt the pain, they've they've suffered a breach, and and realized that they need to do something, not only to remediate the breach, but also make sure it doesn't happen again. And also, they're seeing. I mean, it's a double-edged sword when you see Facebook get hacked or another company get hacked, because yes, that might have been damaging to your data or to a company's yeah. data, but it also increases the awareness in the business community that you know we need to do something. If Facebook can get hacked, if Equifax can get hacked, then we're vulnerable as well, and so we need to start being proactive and doing something about that. And we we have seen an increase in the interest uh, from businesses to start evaluating their security posture and start implementing solutions. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that it can be difficult to find the cybersecurity talent that a business needs, that they may have an IT guy, but do they have that expertise? Um, that, that leads me to a, the thought that this has got to be such a challenging field, not just to train, get, you know, recruit enough people to be trained in it, but that there's not, uh, you're never sort of done. Talk about continuing education. You always have to be evolving 
in your abilities. You have to continue to, to, to add to your skill set in order to fight these threats. So how is how is the career in cybersecurity changing to to match these threats as they evolve? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you're seeing a lot of educational components come up with regards to specific attack vectors. Um, there are a lot of uh, webinars, if you will, and and uh, educational avenues where most cybersecurity um, subject matter experts continue to grow their database of expertise, if you will. Um, one thing that I would encourage businesses to do right now when they, if they're having trouble filling that subject matter gap is to cross-train their current IT staff. Um, you'll, you'll get a lot of value out of that. You'll, I think you'll get a lot of, um, most of the staff will be very receptive to that because they feel like you're investing in them. And I think you'll see a lot of value long-term by cross-training those individuals, by investing the dollars to, to send them to training, whether it's online or on-site training, to acquire the skills that that, that organization needs to help increase their security posture. Yeah. How do you think artificial intelligence will impact the way we approach cybersecurity? Difficult thing to predict, I'm sure, uh, because nobody knows exactly what AI will be two years from now. But how will it impact, in your opinion, the way we approach cybersecurity? So uh, one of the biggest forefronts we see in, in artificial intelligence when it comes to cybersecurity is really behavioral an behavioral analysis of employees and, and creating a baseline so that once you have that baseline set, you have the sophisticated platforms that can look at that baseline and then determine if there's any anomalies. And based on those anomalies, um, set out an alert and say, hey, something's not right over here. This user has uh, been logging into a system that they shouldn't or their bandwidth has increased or there's something anomalous going on here. And so I think that's one of the areas where you're going to see significant growth in AI is the behavior analytics because once you set that baseline, you can use that to determine if there is anything um, out of the ordinary, any anomalies that you need to identify. Uh, I would say right now that it's still maturing and still growing, but we're seeing significant progress uh, with AI, specifically with behavior anal analytics and analysis, and I think it'll continue to improve, um, and you'll see more solutions and products being offered that have that component to them. Not a silver bullet then, but it sounds like a reason for hope. Are there other reasons to be hopeful about the future of cybersecurity, or is this sort of just the plague we deal with as being a digital society? It's just sort of the problem that comes with all the convenience of your iPhone comes with having to deal with these issues now. Yeah, so I don't think the the number of attacks um, or the type of attacks is going to decrease anytime <laughs> soon. Um, wouldn't that be great if it, if it would? But I think you've mentioned this. We see, we're seeing a lot more awareness from businesses. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing a lot more focus on um, employee security awareness, which is a very important component. We're seeing a lot more effort put into developing uh, educational outlets for young um, students to get the cybersecurity skills that they need because right now it's a booming industry to be in. Uh, again, cross-training your current employees. Uh, I, think there, I think there are steps that are being taken to improve the overall security posture of the business com community, but we still have a long road to hoe. Mm -hmm. And so for a business leader listening to this today that maybe this is their first episode or maybe this is the one where the light bulb is turned on and says, 
ah, I got to, I got to focus on this. We got to, I got to find out what we're doing on this and how we can do it better. Um, give us a, a quick idea of, of how Valcom can be helpful in that. So yes, again, we can work with any organization and do an end-to-end -end assessment, it really a holistic approach, evaluating a company's current security posture and determining where their current vulnerabilities and risks are. And then based on those vulnerabilities and risks and their budget uh, and their IT needs, we can develop a solution that helps to remediate those vulnerabilities and risks. And business leaders understand this in other aspects that if you can measure it, you can improve it. And if you can't measure it, it's really difficult to, to improve something. So it starts with figuring out exactly how good, bad, or ugly your cybersecurity approach has been, and then take those steps from there. Absolutely. Dan Schuyler, cybersecurity architect at Valcom, uh, one of the presenting partners of this fine podcast, has been our guest today. Dan, thanks so much for your insight. Marty, thank you for having me. All right, as we wrap up today's show, we want to thank our presenting partners at Valcom. You can find them online at vlcmtech.com. We also want to thank our supporting partners, the University of Utah's Kempsey Gardner Policy Institute. That's where we recorded this show and where we do it each week. Our friends at Secuvant, not to mention our great partners at the Utah Department of Technology Services, the Utah Department of Public Safety, and the Utah Attorney General's Office. A reminder, you can find us online at cyber24.us or on Twitter at cyber24 underscore or on Facebook, just search cyber24. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. I'm Marty Carpenter.